We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Hi, ladies and gents. We are back at the e-commerce leader towers. We have another great episode for you today. We are in the middle of talking about TAM or total addressable market, which is another way of saying looking at market size. And having in the last episode addressed uh, Jason's nine questions, which are really worth visiting if you haven't heard that episode. In this episode, we're going to talk about five ways to find your TAM or to find your market, which is a, a rather more sort of implementation than just analysis based thing and some very, very practical stuff. The first one of which is going to be using search engines and the next four I'm not going to give away. You're going to have to listen if you want to find out. This is a much shorter episode than the previous one. So if you found the nine questions a little bit overwhelming, this is only five methods and it'll be over in about 25 minutes. So please do listen to all of it because I really think every single e-commerce leader needs to above all decide which markets you're going to enter. And that's such a critical decision. And it can be hard to work out how to do that on a rational, structured basis. And I think this framework, big picture as it is, is really, really helpful. So hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to Jason about it. And enjoy the show. So let's talk about these uh, five ways to find your town. We've covered the nine questions about it. Really great questions, by the way. Love those. Let's talk about specific strategies and tactics to actually win them. So what are your thoughts on how we do that? Sure. Yeah, I, I think the the finding your TAM is just such a fun conversation to have. And it's really, it gets into the tactics and strategies of really what the methodologies we use is called the nine mountains of traffic. So it's, it's a methodological approach to or a method to finding your ideal customers. And, and so I'll just mention, you know, five things here that I think are critical. The first one is using search marketing. And that would both be organic and paid. The whole universe of, you know, understanding where customers are, are, are coming from in terms of finding out information. Search marketing is, I think, the place to camp in a lot of ways. And of course, how you do that is SEO strategies. And it's also blog, you know, tactics and getting rank for specific keywords. No silver bullet here, no secret tricks, no overnight success. But if you can identify the keywords that your total addressable market is using to find things in the market specifically, or just to discover the product at the first onset of their discovery process, then you've really got an opportunity. And, you know, it, it, this comes down to just a very simple yet hard to achieve goal, which is have the top couple positions for every keyword that you want, and then advertise on top of that so that when someone searches for a key phrase, they see your ad. And then when they look down to the organic search results, they see you. And then, you know, maybe they see a listicle for another blogger that has you as the top result in the second position. And maybe you're th in the third position, completely dominating the organic keyword you know, positions uh, is, is the, the goal to achieve. And, and I think that a lot of us want to overlook it because it's hard. <laughs> it's a simple plan, but hard to execute on. Yeah. And, and I think that's the first place to start to look for your total addressable market. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you're right. And the thing is, just because something's simple doesn't mean you shouldn't at least aim strategically to achieve it, even mm -hmm. though it might you know, take years to develop the tactics to really effectively do it. I think if you start with that mentality and that objective, it is mm -hmm. still, you're right, you've got to have the courage to set a really difficult objective, mm -hmm. even if you're not quite sure how to achieve it, because if you don't even set the objective, then you're guaranteed to not achieve it. Yeah. I've got a reference, Tommy Griffith here. So he used to be SEO head of SEO for PayPal, PayPal and then for Airbnb. Let me try oh, that wow. sentence again. Tommy yeah. Griffith used to be head of SEO for PayPal and then for Airbnb. So really nice stuff. He did say in the corporate environment, it's quite different from the scrappy uh, on entrepreneurs and startups that he now works with. He, he runs clickminded.com now. So he's got a, a, he had a very interesting conversation with him on the 10K Collective podcast about this. So he said, for example, let's say you look at barbecue grill sets, which is a classic kind of e-commerce type play. First, he says you should lay out the total universe of related search terms. So to your point, and he says, start by being thorough. Every variation, propane, non-propane, mm -hmm. electric, mm -hmm. large, small, industrial size, etc. And of course, if you work for Airbnb where they had 10 million pages or something ludicrous, you get used to the idea of thorough, meaning really thorough. And then he says, and this is an important distinction, I think, lay out the types of keywords and buckets into types of intent. Mm -hmm. In other words, are they high search intent, yeah. but, but no, no buying intent, or are they high buying intent? And I think particularly for anyone who's transitioning from Amazon, to running their own store, you really got to wrap your head around the fact that on Amazon, it, it's a huge, huge, huge volume of search, but the bucket it falls into is mostly high search, uh, high buying intent. And that actually there is still another universe and keywords on top of that. So if somebody puts barbecue grill propane large, maybe it's specific enough that they've educated themselves about the fact that you can use propane as a gas and it fires barbecues and you know what size you want. Maybe it's even got a brand name attached. They're quite likely to actually click and add it to cart and buy. Mm -hmm. So it's a small but critical distinction, I think, and that that in itself is really important. Now, Tom is very analytical because he comes from a corporate sort of background. And so that he's got a, a six-part process for addressing town. And you and I discussed the fact that neither of us might actually do this in real life. But <laughs> I think the first three is really important. Find the universe of keywords, captures on the spreadsheet, and then divide them into buckets depending on categories, but also... Are the, how close are they to buying intent? Is it top of the funnel? Like, what is a barbecue grill? What is propane gas on your barbecue? Clearly not ready to buy yet, etc. The other three more numerically driven things are applying a conversion rate, applying a price point, and then if you multiply those two, that gives you the possible revenue. That That's pretty majorly analytical. A couple of the nerdier people out there would be tempted. I'm kind of tempted, but I'd probably find it hard work. But that way of thinking, even in and of itself, I think the fact that you can get a rational answer to the question of what yeah. is TAM, yeah. even if you you know it's wrong by a factor of a hundred, it's hundred percent. It still, I think, kind of puts a, a ground underneath this rather mm -hmm. this mindset, which goes, "Oh goodness, it's an unknowable thing." Well, that actually is knowable. I mean, you and I may not be nerdy enough to calculate it precisely, but it is doable. And I think even mm -hmm. that self, for, for me, feels like a reassuring thing. Yeah. The other yeah. obvious thing to say, and this sounds kind of really stupidly obvious, but he said he repeatedly comes across people who don't do it, is before you order a container of something, please do this work. <laughs> the math doesn't lie, as he put it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's critical. Finding calculation methodologies. Here's another calculation methodology. If there's a large player in your space that serves a related customer, or you know that you have a product that's in association with what they do. Go and they're a public company. Go look at their 10K, their filing information, their annual reports. You know you can find out if they're a billion-dollar-a-year company and they're serving a customer that's 
slightly different than yours, but in essence, you know, in the same industry, you can start to understand what the market opportunity is like just by kind of researching your competitors or the industry participants, I guess I should say. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. So the second way is find the affinity groups for the niche. Now, frequently those are on social media platforms together. Frequently they'll use hashtags. Frequently they'll be in things like in industry associations. They'll be in Facebook groups. There'll be uh, the there'll be a tribe that is coalesced together around something, someone, some community activist, participant, whoever, blogger, whatever it is. And you want to look for those affinity groups. Now I will say this I I work with clients who don't ha- that sell amazingly high volume that, ha- that there is no affinity group for you know so this is not a this is not a tried and true way to find a total addressable market but frequently there are affili- affinity groups for a niche or industry and you definitely want to track them down figure out how many members there are who the leading you know participants are all of those elements of finding you know the specific groups that might be in existence around your product idea yeah, this is great for for the less kind of analytically minded, or yeah. in fact, for those who are overly analytical, this is quite a good corrective. Mm-hmm. I really think this is so important. And particularly, again, we, we'll talk about TAM specifically, but it's kind of related to a question of, am I going to go into this market? Yes or no? So to mm-hmm. some degree, it's kind of a black and white question to, to a little, you know, to simplify it down. And related to that is, how do I produce a product that's going to serve this market now that is a Mm -hmm. different question but i think what happens is people often go from a a set of tools that are maybe rather limited on amazon certainly and then they go straight and and the worst thing is go to alibaba.com i really no longer advise that but the second worst thing is they go and find a product maker and they just get some stuff made without any further reference to the group and whether in fact there's any passion around it because numbers Mm -hmm. show you one thing but they don't really show you the level of pain people have around the problem and i i really push my clients now have their startups and i try not to work with startups anymore because it's hard work but when i do i really push them to say like go and talk to people and find out whether people really really care about having this problem solved and i've had a couple of examples yeah. recently one fortunately talk to people and i say yeah all of the other products out there really mess this problem up it's to do with the sort of kitchen equipment messing up mm-hmm. a certain type of cooking and then somebody else talks about stuff to do with homework and stuff and nobody actually really cared about the problem i said okay so you know what I'm glad you had that conversation and it's disappointing for you, but now we move on. And that's really important. And that wasn't anything to do with the numbers on Amazon. It's a, it's a kind of emotional driver. How painful is this to solve? Mm -hmm. So really, really like that. I think it's great corrective to overly analytical thinking. Yeah. Love it. Great stuff. What's number three? A third thing that you can do to find your total addressable market is create what you might call a beacon. And a beacon in my, you know, thinking is an event that you run that draws your ideal customer or prospect to you. And there are three things that are top of mind. And we work with these on, with our clients all the time. First one is a contest, right? So, so do a, a contest. And this is really the backbone of our beacon type strategy. And the thing that's important to understand is search marketing would not help you in any way, shape or form. And it's just completely different other universe of finding your total addressable market by running contests because it's much more driven by uh, word of mouth uh, and social sharing and that kind of thing. Okay. So, so contests, you can run your own summit or conference. You could, or you could do your own challenge and challenges are very, very popular right now for information marketers, but they could be applied to product marketers all day long. 
And so running your own event, I guess, is the, the, the third idea here and creating that kind of signature activity where, you know, prospects would be like, oh, th- this company is doing something cool and I'm excited about it. I'm going to find out who they are and jump into it. This is great. And by the way, it's a lot of people in the internet marketing world perceive that that's what info marketers do. And then product marketers, you know, physical product marketers do other things or fast moving consumer goods. Guess what? Apple is famous for its raving uh, sort of events. I mean, two things, mm-hmm. I guess. One is where Steve Jobs, particularly, who was a master at this stuff, ran their kind of latest announcement meetings. And the other one is queues of 50,000 early adopters out, out the doors. And they still, they're geniuses at that. And I really think that what they've done is blended the idea of a new product with a product launch with an event. They're kind of seamlessly linked. An iPhone 12 it's kind of really almost feels like an excuse for an event these days. Do you know what I mean? I always did. And I Absolutely. think they, they are the geniuses at that. Yeah, totally right. I hadn't thought of that as an example, but you're right. They do that brilliantly. And um, they're, of course, they're the most successful product marketer on the planet. Yeah. And that's a key part. And I hadn't thought about that, but they've had Macworld conference and those kinds of things forever, you know? Yeah. And you're right. Uh, there you go. I don't think, by the way, they're a particularly extreme example because I think it's somehow there's something about the cult of Steve Jobs, which you may like or dislike, but you kind of can't ignore it. And I think really it's in the DNA of Apple to make events part of their, not just marketing, but part of the DNA of the emotional connection to the product. And that comes from the design passion as well. So I think it's both about product development and the flip side of it, the marketing. I think it's very, mm-hmm. very yeah. built in together. I, I honestly think that, okay, it's an extreme example. It's overquoted, but I think that that's the right mentality for all of us. So, I mean, whether yeah. you do it through events or not is another thing. But yeah, I think it's, uh, again, something that's underdone and there's a great mm-hmm. opportunity. It's it's kind of, it's just wide open, really, yeah. in, in the fast-moving consumer yeah. goods world with, with most e-commerce operators I know just do nothing like this. Yeah. Totally. So this is great. So what about number four? What's our what's our fourth way of finding our TAM? Number four is just the opposite. It would be <laughs> events that you attend or participate in that you don't run. But it's still the idea of participating in, in, in events. You just don't have to run them, which is infinitely easier, of course. And this could be online, virtual, or digital type marketing activities, or it could be in real life. So, you know, being on podcasts, being a speaker at virtual events or conferences, it would be online versions of this type of thing. Guest blogging, I guess you could even say, would be, you know, in essence, an event. But in real life, you could also attend events such as trade shows, you know, even things like your outdoor summer festivals, things like your farmer's markets. You know, it don't be like there are a lot of really successful companies that started by going to the local farmer's market and standing there all Saturday and selling to actual people and hearing their feedback and getting reality on what people are thinking about the product or not. So in real life events, I think are a huge opportunity to start to find your total addressable market. Yeah. Again, I think what you just suggest is another thing that seems to be coming up for me as a theme, which is it's not so much about marketing in the sense of getting more products out the door and selling them, well, that's sales anyway, well, it blends together, doesn't it? Or even awareness raising, but you're not raising prospects' awareness of you and your products, but raising your awareness of what prospects really want and frankly whether they really like your product because if you're at a a show and somebody comes up and has a good moan to you about how your product isn't working i'm sure you'd find that really unpleasant and wish it hadn't happened but guess what i'd a hundred times rather that happened at a trade show with four or five people Mm -hmm. and that i went and corrected course and then got it out on amazon rather than i went on amazon
prison with uh, you know 10,000 units and then discovered that everyone's giving me one star reviews and kills the product so again the value of negative feedback one to one out of the public gaze yeah. is is not pleasant but for the grown up people it's really powerful i think yeah obviously t- attending an events in real life for like trade shows kind of thing is also a huge opportunity if you're looking for like wholesale distribution you know opportunities where you would sell through uh, retailers that kind of thing. So, I mean, I think depending on your product that you're offering, you know, there are a lot of opportunities there beyond just direct to consumer sales, you know, networking within the industry, all of those kinds of things. Those are old school, but they completely and totally relate to e-commerce selling all day long. And I, and I don't, I just don't want us to gloss over mm. those original and best, <laughs> you know, networking and marketing tactics, right? Absolutely. No. And and really the value, apart from feedback, I guess, yeah, the value of one really great relationship that you get from two or three days at a great trade show might dwarf everything else. So you're absolutely right. Yep. And what's number five, the fifth and final? Yeah. The fifth way to find your total addressable marketplace, uh, a total addressable market is of course, to explore the marketplaces that are available to you. And this has really become an omni channel world. And, you know, it used to be that eBay was the only game in town. And then, of course, Amazon came on. And then, of course, Etsy came on and Walmart.com and on and on and on. Now there's, you know, I think something like over 200 viable marketplaces, large scale marketplaces, according to Channel Advisor. And so, you know, the, the opportunities to go find your ideal customers on a marketplace is an obvious, you know, first place. But the question is, are they stuck into that marketplace as their source for, you know, being served the product? And do you just become a component of that marketplace? Or is there an opportunity to find them on the marketplace and have them come to your own uh, website? And this is the dance, of course, that all of us are focused on. And uh, so, so I think, you know, understanding where your customers are, we talked about it being fractal in nature or not at the beginning of the show. And if your total addressable market has tons of participants on every platform, lots of customers on on all of the, the, the marketplaces, then it is wise for you to be an omni-channel seller. And, and I think understanding the marketplace dynamics is critical. Many, many people right now are focused on this idea of converting from Amazon to Shopify. That's been do- happening for the last five years. But now it's from Amazon to walmart.com. And a lot of people are asking the question, is walmart.com got the same customer base uh, potentially for me as Amazon does. And some of our clients are finding that it actually does. Some of our clients are finding that Walmart will be as equivalent to, or even, you know, potentially better than Amazon is for them, which is just remarkable. But, you know, this is the question I think we all have to ask ourselves. And, and I think discovering where your cu- total addressable market is in the marketplaces is a key idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few things where, in fact, there's a kind of halfway house. One of my guests recently, Ben Leonard, built and sold an Amazon business for seven figures within about two and a half years, which is kind of majorly overachieving. He's a really kosher guy, but you can see why. And one of the things he did was absolutely sell on Amazon, but he had a lot of web presence that built up the value and the mm-hmm. brand and the mm-hmm. excitement around the product, which is an interesting halfway house to, mm-hmm. to be continued at another time. But yeah. so just bringing this home a bit, first of all, how do you know if you're trying to serve a time that is just not going to coalesce around your brand? Because that is one of the $64,000 questions, mm-hmm. isn't it? That keeps us up at night. How, how do you solve this problem? I think you have to look at your data 
And I, I don't think it's knowable in advance, really. If, if it's an undominated niche that you want to enter, you, you have to decide whether, you know, that's just a fortuitous opportunity or whether there's a systematic reason. And the data will tell you, you can look at your, for example, in Shopify, if you are selling on Shopify, you can look at your returning customer rate as one indicator. A low returning customer rate or visitor rate means that people will come and never come back. And new people might come, but they don't come back. And whereas, you know, if you start to have a customer or returning customer rate that's 40%, 50%, 60%, 70%, it means that you've got people who are finding you and commonly coming back second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time. That's a really, really green shoot. And so, I mean, I think the data will start to tell you the, the answer to this question. And it's hard work to figure it out. And like a lot of things you've been saying today, I guess a lot of it comes down to, number one, be humble enough to recognize it's going to take mm-hmm. work and time. And the second thing is, I guess the market kind of tells you if you're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. So so wonderful wisdom today. I really love this stuff. So a lot to take away today. Can you summarize, Jason, the nine questions and the five TAM finding methods for us? Sure. In, <laughs> in a quick recap, here are the nine questions to ask yourself. Is it an uncommitted or switchable total addressable market? Number two, is it a fractured or a fractal total addressable market? Number three, what's the total addressable market that you've already served versus potentially can serve? And have they bonded to you or not? Number four, is it a total addressable market that is dominated by a large player? Number five is it a total addressable market that is not dominated currently. Number six is, is it a loyal total addressable market? Or number seven, is it a not loyal total addressable market? Number eight is, is it a total addressable market that you can win from a competitor? Or can you be the first person to serve them? Number nine is, is it a total addressable market that is shrinking, that is stable, or that is a hot trend that is going to crater in the future? And the five ways you can find your total addressable market are number one, search marketing. Number two, affinity groups. Number three, events that you run. Number four, events that you attend. And number five, through marketplaces. Wow. What a recap, huh? That's, yeah, nine, a list of nine and a list of five. You surpassed yourself, so they're in your listicles. <laughs> There's tons of value here. I'd really urge anyone listening to this to go back and listen to it. I mean, this is Jason's list, not mine, so I can say that. Uh, it's a lot to absorb. It's like a couple of years' work at least, but there's a lot of value in here because a lot of this is just underused, yeah. grossly underused, and therefore an opportunity. So final thing, um, Jason, you mentioned your book, E-Commerce Power. Can you just remind us who's it for and how do people get hold of it? There it is. Yeah. Awesome. E-commerce power is the new book. It's out on Amazon in Kindle and paperback and love to have you pick up a copy. It's really a book designed from soup to nuts to understand how to find and um, serve uh, a, a niche market with an ideal product and marketing strategies. And so it's good for all (laughs) e-commerce operators. The brand new folks will find a ton of value in it. And I think the veteran folks will also find a ton of value in it. In fact, this whole idea of 
finding your niche market is actually a concept from the introduction of the book. Not even, it's not even a chapter in the book. We just cover that in the introduction. So I'd love to have you pick up a copy. If you've already gotten a copy, love to have you leave a review on Amazon. That would help me tremendously. And the, the audio book is coming out shortly as well. So if you're listening to this here in the future, by the time you hear it, I would um, assume the audio book will be out as well. Great stuff. Yeah. And it is a wonderful book. Again, you have the knack, as you demonstrated today, for grasping very big concepts. And unlike somebody like myself that tends to then break it down into 1A and A 1.3 and one, everything else and blow everyone's minds, you have a knack for really picking out the essentials and, and helping people make sense of a very complex situation and, and making it simple. So great book to read and as ever fantastic discussion today really love that there's lots and lots to take away and and think about so thank you so much that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael vesey in london england and jason miles in seattle washington if you liked this content don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app for free resources including pdfs and videos on topics like traffic products and sales channels just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.